When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Research and development. Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need. Last week, we put liquid paper on a bee. And it died. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep! Can I tell you something, though? You're getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Hey-oh! Welcome back into another edition of the Fortune Chess Football Podcast, episode 29. Holy shit, they just get bigger by the week. Isn't that funny how that goes? We do one more podcast every week and the number gets bigger. Appreciate you tapping in. As always, you can find me on Twitter, at Iowa Michael. You can find my best friend, my best buddy, Adam, at ETM4DChess. What's going on tonight, Adam? You ready to do a 4D episode? I'm excited for this one, too. I love talking drafts. I love drafts. One of the 4Ds, baby. Drafting. We would not be doing it correct, Mike, if we didn't show you the process. The clusterfuck of the minds of both the McNutted and ATM. You may not agree as we go through, but we'll tell you what we're thinking and ultimately how we are going to try and play what we did. Hell yeah, drafting. We're going to walk through a patron league that we did over on patreon.com forward slash South Harmon with the shitheads. So keep that in mind too. Some of these picks, uh, we're drafting with a lot of people who follow exactly what we do, listen to what we do, and apply what we do. So sometimes it's a little bit harder to get one over on these guys when you're playing against yourself essentially 11 other times. Dynasty Degenerates, I got to be honest with you too. Now there is going to be some things that are more 4D in what Mike and I do. But this draft got a little hairy. Um, you're not going to be able to see it, but please stick with us because there are going to be some picks which are crazy. This is honestly, Mike, the wildest first two rounds of a startup, truthfully, that I can remember um, with the players that are going to come off the board. I'm so excited to get into this one. Well, never fear. When I wake up Friday morning when this podcast drops, I will put a link in my tweet out there for the draft board if you'd like to follow along. So if... You're one of those early morning listeners right there at midnight when it releases. Uh, I can't help you, but if you're one of those later in the day ones or over the weekend, you got a draft board. You can pull that baby up and follow along if you want. Adam, let's just dive right into it. So it's a 12-team best ball league. Uh, what are we at? Start 13? Start 14? It's usually start, pretty deep. I think start 14. Start 14, okay. 
And we have 39 roster spots. So RIP to the waiver wire. <laughs> the waiver wire will be absolute dog shit. Uh, I see you already have yeah. it pulled up here on the screen. You can't Start see 14. it on the podcast. Who's the number two trending player that's available there? <laughs> Next. Yike. <laughs> Darius Victor. All right, then. Gross. <laughs> he's available, though, if you want to pick him up in this league. 27 years of age. He's to work out for the Saints. Gross. Adam, you want to start with my team, or you want to start with yours tonight, buddy? I'm I'm down for all of it, Mike. Let's you, you, flip a coin. Flip a coin. <laughs> it's a virtual coin. All right, we'll go ahead and start with mine. We'll just get it out of the way, right? Sounds good. <laughs> Let's we'll start. We'll start with the McNutted. All right, Adam. I traded up to the 101, and uh, spoiler alert, also the 102. You want to pull those which, trades up and tell me which, how much this costs? Because the 102 yeah. is owned by you, my friend. Absolutely. Let's you. let's go ahead and kick it off with Mike. Let's let's even do it from the beginning. You traded up for the 102 before, before the 101, correct? Correct. Yes, I did. Okay. All right. So, Mike is on the clock. Mike, what pick were you at? Because I don't have the board up now. Uh, I would have been picking at 106 originally. So Mike is on the board at 106. Um, Mike and I we made the first trade. Um, he I was at the 102. A lot of our thought process in 4D and in best ball for us is trading back. Now, the caveat is, as we've gone through some of this, we have found out that the elite quarterbacks do offer both the consistency and they offer the spike weeks. It really is a matter of how much they cost, right? That's the ultimate thing for us. So Mike was trying to trade up for the 102. I'm loving trading back from the 102, depending on the package I get. So Mike trades me the 102. And the seven, I'm sorry, I trade away the 102 and the 711, Mike. That goes to you. Yep. I received the 207 and the 307. All At the right. time, I'm liking it. But let's get into that. And then also for the 101, Mike, which you made the trade for, you traded um, away the 106, the 507, the 707, and a 23 second for the 101, the 512, the 712, and a 23 third. We move back in a few few spots to move up six, four picks, five picks. I thought right. this was insanely smooth by you. I don't know how you got this one done. Uh, every now and but, then, like, you know, every now and then sunshine's on the dog's ass, right? <laughs> th this one um, felt, I'm sure, felt really good for you. So let's go ahead and yeah. get to the board. All right. So I made these moves. First off, I made them because of what you talked about in best ball. Uh, we talked about spike weeks and how important they were for quarterbacks, but we also talked about consistency. Very few of those quarterbacks do both, and the ones that do both are highly coveted. So I wanted to try a best ball and put it into action where I actually trade up for two elite quarterbacks, and I don't think I can get any more elite than trading up for the 101 and 102, right? I'm like, I don't, I don't think that I can get any better than that. I can't go any higher. <laughs> so no, let's you, just get the top and you, two. And and you ended up taking, because you had the picks before the draft started, right? You were able yep. to select both Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Yep, those um, were the first Mike, two picks. I will say this, too, um, because, listen, I, I think if we're going to go through this, Mike, like we should really do it 4D style because the 4D chess of this. So this is a guy, the McNutted. If you're tuned into episode 29 by now, you know – of his teardown prowess. Uh, some even refer to the man as the teardown king these days. Legend. You're in the present, you are in the presence of a king. Now, 
he goes from the, the tear down guy, right? Telling everybody to tear down, tear down. He trades up before the draft has started. Dynasty Genesis, really think about this. The draft has not started, and the tear down king has traded and teared up for the first two fucking picks in the draft, right? So everybody's seeing this, and everybody in this league also is patrons of Mike and I and the South Harmon crew. These are all shitheads. So this happens. And I want you to think about this because knowing your league mates and understanding the dynamics of what's happening around you in the draft are very big. What's going to happen if you have a guy that's constantly tearing down going up for the top two quarterbacks? And I want you to think for a second before we answer that and we tell you. But if he drafted Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, the answer is a quarterback run. Dynasty Degenerates, it's a fucking quarterback run. It's a big one. <laughs> big one. We forced it. <laughs> forced it right forced off the it, bat, man. right? Mm-hmm. What do we get? Seven straight quarterbacks, then Kyle Mike Pitts, the, and then two Mike more the, quarterbacks. <laughs> Mike, the first the first round consisted of all quarterbacks, Jonathan Taylor and Kyle Pitts. That's it. Yep. Ten quarterbacks. And the then even after all the that, I don't want to – let's not spoil it. Let's go ahead and yeah. get through all of it first. All right, so I went Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Again, it's because of Spike Week's inconsistency. Uh, we made up a new spreadsheet right over on our Patreon for Savage Tier, the upper ones. We were tracking it week by week for last year, right? Uh, the composite score that we got for Spike Weeks and above average consistent weeks, right? Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, two and three in the league, only outpaced by one Tom Brady, and not by a lot. <laughs> not by a lot. Yeah, not by Very a lot. Very close with him. But actually – much better than what should have, could have, would have been one of the guys, Patrick Mahomes, in that tier, right? They scored mm-hmm. 24.64 and 23.64, respectively. And Mr. Patrick Mahomes is a 19.65 on that for a combined, where we rate, weight spike weeks just a little bit more than consistent weeks, but we want to give a nice spread to both to really emphasize the guys who – are making your lineup week in and week out. But quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, the elite ones, we talked about a few episodes ago, when they spike, they spike hard. So Yeah, they do. You're right. I wanted to and, try it out. I wanted to double tap two super elite ones and see what kind of advantage I can get in week in and week out with those guys. So that's where I went right off the bat. Made the trade with Mike. you, made the trade for the guy with the 101, and uh, we're just going to hit Josh Allen, Justin Herbert right off the bat. Make everyone panic. And, and Mike, I think the other thing is, well, yeah, the panic. Um, gosh, man. Like, I look at this board still, and I just – there's some really good picks. There are some things that we do that I fully endorse. Like, I like a lot of it, and then I see some of these picks, and it just – I can't even keep my keep this podcast on the rest because it's so crazy. But the spike weeks, Mike, what's, what's really interesting too, like you said and you, you noted – Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes comes in at five with the composite score. Now, you get a little bonus for going with the spike weeks, but it's basically a 30% bonus that way, like 1.3 to 1. So they're both very heavily equated and weighted in the composite score. Mike, here's the crazy part, though, about this Patrick Mahomes score. Tyreek Hill played that whole year. Mm Mm-hmm. What's it look like? So projecting forward. Exactly. Projecting forward. Mike, I hate to admit this, man, but wow. A year ago, you would have told you you're crazy if you don't take Patrick Mahomes. And now, like, I'm fully on board with him going third off this list uh, based on what we know today. And I, 
listen, I think he's such a good and rare talent that you're not going to be really mad getting Patrick Mahomes. But Justin Herbert and those weapons he has and how good he's shown and Josh Allen being the number one scorer, I mean, gosh, is it two years in a row now? Like, yeah, I don't think it's crazy to say Patrick Mahomes at 103, even though people are so in their minds Patrick Mahomes is God, you know? Yep, I get it, man. So me trading away my first-round pick, you trading away your first-round pick, leaves you up as the next guy in picks, right? <laughs> the next guy in picks in the second round. You went Brees Hall at 2-7. Yep. What were your feelings there at that one? Brees Hall, you, had, you could have taken Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Justin Fields. I know it's going to sound crazy that Jamar fucking Chase is available right there at the 2-7, but he was because we created the quarterback panic. We're drafting with people who fade wide receivers in best ball like we do. Everybody kind of just followed the thing, and it looks so fucking weird seeing Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in the mid to late part of the second round, but it happened. Brees Hall over Jamar Chase. What was your thinking behind that one, buddy? So I, I want to make sure this is clear, too. Um, There's some dynamics into why I did what I did, but let me just go ahead and pull up my trade again real quick and give you kind of what I'm thinking when I made the trade and then once the picks come around, how I had to pivot and what I'm thinking at the time, right? I'll give you the whole process. So when I make this trade and Dynasty Degenerates, I think ADP in most leagues is reflective of my thought process here is truly a tear down approach, right? I know that Justin Herbert is a very good scorer and he is a difference maker at the quarterback position. But in my mind, if I can go to 207 and at that spot, Dynasty Degenerates, like, I shit you not. This is the very first time all offseason this year or last year at the 207, I could not get one of, at minimum, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. So, like, when I make a, t- a trade like this, I'm ultimately assuming that I'm going to based on how the board falls, get one of those three quarterbacks. And then I'm also getting the up tier from 307 to 711. The way I dynasty in best ball, like in my mindset, that's what I'm trying to do here. And that's what I figured, even with a bunch of patrons of mine, that I can still get done. Well, as I get ready to tell you the board, um, boy, was I wrong. Because here's what we have. When you go back to the draft board, Mike alluded to already, right? Like, my choices are basically Chase, Brees Hall. Um, all, here are the quarterbacks off the board when my 207 comes around. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. Now, I could have taken Justin Fields. And in hindsight, I, I maybe I should have. But I took Brees Hall thinking at 211 I could still maybe take Fields or at 307 like I can get I can get Fields. Um, I end up taking Brees Hall here, Mike. And it's not that Jamar Chase isn't dope, but in best ball, we have some stats based on the composite score rankings that show that Jamar Chase is really good. He's a really good player, man. Like he's going to be really good for a long time, I believe. But at the two seven with Brees Hall staring me in the face, and I'd already taken. Um, and I'm sorry, it's not this draft. I, I had this is my first pick, Brees Hall. Like I, I'm thinking at that point, it's youthful. I, he's probably going to be someone that I can rely on in scoring. Maybe not early in the year, but pretty soon. 
Um, so I, the running backs are also getting the ones that I like are going, and the, only the older guys are left because Jonathan Taylor, Najee, Swift, and Javante are off the board. So I really wanted to get one of those big five running backs for me, and I took Brees Hall here. All right, then next up you're at the 211. You ended up with Justin this, Jefferson. Yeah, this is where Mike, man, because, okay, thanks for joining us. I want you to think about that. If, you, if you're tuning into this, you know Justin Jefferson does not go at the 211 in, in Superflex. I ended up not really getting a quarterback that I loved early, and I still could have taken fields here at this point, but there just was something in my bones that said, at 211, as much as I don't like taking Jefferson, like this is just too far. It's just too far. I'm taking him here, um, and I'll figure out what I'm going to do at quarterback later. So I, I took Jefferson. I, I don't – Mike, this might be the only Justin Jefferson share I have at this point, to be honest with you, because for I'm never touching him in the first round. Yeah, for now. <laughs> I, I'll likely trade him at some point, but for now. For now. All right, 3-7, you come back. Adam. Your first three picks, you take two wide receivers because you take A.J. Brown up to 3-7. What are you thinking here with A.J. Brown? Yeah, man, this is where – gosh, Mike, this is where part... – it's crazy um, because Justin Jefferson is so good and the value of ADP and what the dynasty space in general say is Justin Jefferson's worth so much. But I still regret taking Justin Jefferson instead of Justin Fields now because – Mac Jones went off the board a pick in front of me, which I wasn't even going to take in the third round. I really wasn't going to do that. But there's no one left, Mike. Literally, no. the quarterbacks that go after me, like uh, after this pick of mine. So Mac Jones w- goes off the board at 3-6. I'm up again at 3-7. Mike, it's Zach Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan. Those are the quarterbacks that went off the board in the next two rounds. They're fucking gone. They are fucking <laughs> gone. And I'm not doing that in the third round. So, man, I'm glad I was early to the party on quarterbacks. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Mike started the uh, the shithead tea party and the quarterback fucking horde because this is Ooh, th- Mike. This shit. is. Let me just go through this real quick. One, two, th- uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, three, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson is six, seven, Prescott, eight, Hertz, nine, Wilson, ten, Lance, eleven, Lawrence, twelve, Watson, thirteen, Stafford, fourteen, Carr. 15 fields, 16 Rodgers, 17 Tua, 18 quarterbacks, Mike, in the midway through the third round. That's, That's a lot. insanity. It's insanity. So I take A.J. Brown here because, you know, there was a lot of ways that I could go with this. But once again, I'm thinking flexibility, what everyone else is doing, and how I'm going to play the values now, Mike. And knowing that all these quarterbacks are gone, right? Like, even if I take a quarterback later, I already know that, I'm only going to probably get one that I want. Like, I'm already at this point, Mike, having to think about my direction, which is crazy, right? We talk about this as 4D. And my direction with Justin Jefferson, young receiver, Brees Hall, young running back, and not getting the top 18 quarterback is likely not winning. So I take a (laughs) – Welcome to – yeah, welcome to Tanksville, baby. I'm going to go ahead and lean into the receiver thing that I normally don't do. A.J. Brown at 307. Um, this one did not feel good to be honest with you. Like the 307 part of this trade is where I was hoping to really gain value from the 711, and this is where like the deal 
went horribly wrong for me in Fell my apart. opinion based on yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, every, everything at this point when i take aj brown at 307 was like oh shit man like i lost this deal regardless of whatever the fuck mike takes at 711 like i lost and it's okay i lost it but it felt it felt rough all right so you come up again at 311 and 42 you take cam Akers and travis Etienne. So now you're you're starting out with Brees Hall, Cam Akers, ETN for running backs, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson at wide receivers, and no damn quarterbacks at all. Yep. But yep. I, I don't blame you, man. If the board isn't gonna give it to you, like there's no reason for you to start chasing at these picks like the Zach Wilsons, the Kirk no. Cousins, the Tom Brady's no. in round four. I wouldn't have chased him either. Would have been like you guys painted me into this corner. I'm just gonna fucking live here. <laughs> I well, got it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not chasing with you. We got this. So, so and basically what it was, Mike is right. I take AJ Brown, knowing that I have those picks coming around at the turn, and like at this point, like I, based on what the board has done, right? 18 quarterbacks have come off the board in the first mid midway through the third round. There's basically been at this point, not basically, there's been six running backs off the board, right? So, like, I'm like, you know what? These teams are – some of these teams that are going double quarterback and all this early, like the older guys, they want to win. So I'm going to take the positional scarcity young guys that could still give you points right now. And knowing that I don't have a quarterback, there's probably going to be some teams that need the star running backs, and that's where I'm going to try to flip for more value later. Um, if not, I'm, I'm comfortable holding ETN in a rebuild – Certainly hold comfortable holding Brees Hall on a rebuild. Acres, we'll see. I mean, I'm bullish on him. I love him, but he's probably in this type of a build, someone I'm more looking to flip than hold. At some point while all this is going on and I'm just watching, right, I make the trade-off for two quarterbacks, but I really haven't picked a direction at this point yet. I'm still fluid. I got two young superstar quarterbacks. I could, I could go for the productive struggle if I want, um, you know, and just take young guys and build for the future if I want, or I can push my chips all into the fucking middle. Uh, at some point when I'm seeing this and I'm seeing all these guys fall and I'm seeing you have to pivot and have to go into a productive struggle and I'm seeing some of the things clear up, I make a trade, Adam, and I make a trade that pretty much seals my fate on where I'm going to go. And I Direction picked. Them. Yeah, I pick the direction somewhere between the, the third and the fourth round. Where I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. You pull that trade up for me because I think I sent it away to enlighten where I really just said, all right, we're going to pull the pants down. And you guys are going to see what I got. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like so here we go. So um, we already went over his your first two trades, how you got the 101 and the 102. Yep. The, other, the third trade you made was with enlighten. Uh, Dynasty Degenerates, prepare yourself to really focus and listen. This is a long list of things on both sides. So Mike receives the 612, the 701. So he gets those picks at the turn. And then he also gets Enlightened's 812. Now, think about that for a second. He's got his picks at the turn and then his very next pick as well. So he's got three rounds of his picks and then 14, 12, and 1501. So the 612, 701, 812, 1412, and 1501. That's five players. For his 23 first, 24 first, 24 second, 24 third, 23 third, 
and another 23 third that he had acquired in the trade up for the 101 and as well as the 1806. So to make it really easier for the listeners, Mike traded every every fucking pick he basically had left in 1806 <laughs> for those five pieces, the 612, 701, 812, 1412 and 1501. And you look at those picks and you go, this is something that I've talked about before. When it's just picks, like people are more inclined to do this kind of deal when they're like, oh, you'll trade me all your futures for this? But we're talking best ball, Adam, and this is massive in best ball where I need as much depth as humanly possible if I'm going to go for it, right? And there's good players at those spots, and if you make those picks sharply, you look at this trade when we get outside of the draft and like we put names to players, you're like, geez, man, you got a, a haul. But because they're just numbers, so people let their guard down a little bit. So, yeah, Adam, at, at that point I made that trade. I'm like, yep, we're going for it. We're going all in, baby. Let's let's do this and, thing. So, and, and and even before we get to that, Mike, just just quickly um, for the listeners, right, the dynasty generous to think about this. Guys, going like obviously the 14th and the 15, um, those are important pieces in this deal. But the bulk of this, Mike, is really that sixth, seventh, and eighth round pick, right? And if yep. we talk real quick for what ADP says, the worst player of those three, the 812 is going to be. Mike, you're looking at guys in that range of Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Brandon Cooks. Uh, hell, you even get, I mean, in this draft, it's not going to happen, but you know, ADP will tell you Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's in that range. So, yeah. Mike, I mean, th- those are guys that we all, in best ball, I'm spending first-round picks, late first-round picks on contending side for those guys. Mike, you're getting this as the third piece of the deal, and to give you Dynasty Degenerates an idea, if we equate the 23 first for the 612 and then the 24 first for the 701, Mike, the 812 is not costing you a fucking first. Like This no. is where when you break the deal down, it just was a win before picks were even made. But let's get to the draft board again. For sure. I will say on the other side, though, like – it's also a good move, like, if you're in a startup, though, to be the first to the party to pick your direction. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. maybe it's light on the other side of it. Maybe it's light on the other side, Adam, and I fully get that. But to just already pull your pants down, too, and be like, yeah, I'm the one who's going to be acquiring all the picks here, boys. <laughs> Come to me <laughs> like, sure. and show There's your also... direction. Because then right. you get to do it with other people, too. Like, other trades open up for you, too. So maybe you, sure. get, it, maybe you get it back on those deals. And yep. in this case, they did get it back on the very next deal that they made. So, good and, for them. and also, there's an inherent value gain when there's no lottery, and you're, yeah, basically. I mean, you're you're taking away Mike three key players in a huge lineup best ball. Like you're building yourself up and succeeding to get the early picks of your own. All right, so we'll focus on my team, and then uh, we'll get out of here uh, with your team. That's how we're going to end it. Um, but let's get back to my team. I wanted to cover those mid-rounds, though, since I'm just sitting there. That's sure. when our strategies were formed, Adam. That's when you picked your direction. That's when I picked my direction. So those were key. Now, so I started at Allen Herbert. Now I'm on the clock again at the 4-6. And right before my pick at the 4-6, Cooper fucking cup went. And I was I was like, oh, I almost had the dream start. Cooper Heartbreak Cup. Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting Cooper Cup in the fourth. No, it didn't happen. So I made the pivot. I went to Austin Eckler. I already have Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler, I, I probably don't have him ranked as high 
in my like my dynasty ranks as like some of the guys that went after him. But if I'm gonna be a contender, man, I don't think I could do much better than Austin Eckler's my first running back in the fourth round. And and I have the uh the stack, right? <laughs> Pass catching running back with the quarterback. I'm I'm making my bet in that offense. <laughs> Let's just say that. I'm staying there. Next up Part of the uh, the trade back, right? The the big deal for the Josh Allen. I'm at the five twelve, so I, I moved back from the the five seven to the five twelve in that original deal. Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill still staying there, five twelve. You believe that man? Tyreek Hill almost made it to the sixth round. <laughs> yeah, um, that was that. I mean, here, here's what I would say, Mike. Um, when you, when the quarterbacks come off the board as crazily as they did. Yeah. Like there has to be wide receiver values. It just has to happen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Five twelve, I take Tyreek Hill. Now the six six I'm back up again. I am desperately hoping that I get Alvin Kamara. Because he had he had still hadn't gone, right? But at the six five I get sniped. Alvin Kamara comes off the board. So I, I make a pivot. This is probably like I would say one of my biggest regrets in the whole draft. Because when Kamara goes, I'm thinking, like, I'm going to start Eckler, Tyreek, Kamara. Holy shit. With these quarterbacks, what a start. But I get sniped on Kamara. So a little bit of a panic where I kind of lose my mind. And I think that, you know what, Josh Jacobs will make it back to me, right? Or Aaron Jones will make it back to me at the 6-12. So uh, let me go ahead and get another wide receiver here. And I'll take a guy you and I both like, Terry McLaurin. And what happens right after I take Terry McLaurin? Josh fucking Jacobs goes. And what happens at the six eleven right before I'm on the clock again? Aaron Jones goes. <laughs> like, damn it! This is this like, is I mean, where I did a bad job of reading the board in, in what you were just talking about with all these quarterbacks and everybody being so anti wide receiver. I shouldn't have taken Terry McLaurin there. I should have just let him go and, and taken Jacobs or Aaron Jones. And then seeing what receiver fell to me at the six twelve, but it, I didn't do it. it true. It, well, Mike, and I think what's kind of been fun, what was fun about you know this one, one we just did after this, some of our um, patron drafts this year, since we've been putting on a lot more content. Obviously, at this time last year we just started, right? So, yeah. Um, everyone here, Mike, it's you, you're not drafting with just. These are guys that have been paying attention, that are mindful, that are active in Discord, that are thinking like us. Like, it, it really changes a lot of the dynamics of who you think you're going to get at the generic spots. Like, ADP kind of goes out the window in in a sense here. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I would not even still, Mike, I would not have guessed both those guys went off before you at six twelve. I know that probably had to sting. Yeah, it, it hurt me. So at the six twelve. I'm kind of looking at the board, seeing what's left, and I started doing what I like to do is count quarterbacks remaining at them. And we had such a crazy quarterback run. It feels gross to do it, but I ended up taking Ryan Tannehill. And I think he, it, it was all because I'm just looking. I'm like, this is like the last dude like I feel good about as like a QB3. Like if I take Ryan Tannehill here, I don't need to take another quarterback for the rest of the draft. I have two studs. I've got a nice third swing quarterback, and I feel really good about Tannehill for this year. Let's just go ahead and do it. I know it's probably a round or two early, but the way these quarterbacks have been flying off the board, who the fuck knows? Um, I don't really regret that one. And then at the turn right after 7-1, I take Leonard Fournette, all 260 pounds of left tackle Lenny. 
<laughs> yeah, that that was a just, good that was just, a good pick for you too, I think. Just to show you I'm not scared. I'm <laughs> not scared of the fucking reports, okay? I ain't, ain't never scared. I ain't scared. All right, 7-11 and 7-12. 7-11, Zeke Elliott, still there. On a contender? Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. So that gives me a running back core of Eckler, Fournette, and Elliott to start. 7-12, um, probably picking with my head, um, thinking about value plays, thinking about what I want to do. But you know what, Adam? I already took a receiving running back to pair with my Justin Herbert. Why not take a receiving running back to pair with my Josh Allen? So I go James Cook. Even just hoping, just hoping, you know, RB4 wouldn't be that bad. And uh, I pair him up with the uh, the guy throwing him the football. Now at the 8-6, come back up, I take Chris Olave. This is where there was a few guys who were on the older side, like win-now pieces that I thought I could do. But I also want to get a little bit of flexibility to my roster a little bit like a value piece a rookie something exciting here and there because one thing i couldn't do was trade 25 first like they're not available in a startup this year until after the draft so if i could take a guy like chris olave a rookie somebody who i think has a good chance of increasing in value maybe at some point i'll be able to pair chris olave with some draft capital a first or a second and maybe move up a tier or two and get a more win-now piece. Like if somebody's got Devontae Adams and then they figure out that their team sucks <laughs> and they need to pivot off of it, I'll be the guy waiting with Chris Olave and a 25 first. So let me go get your uh, Devontae Adams or let me go get your Stefan Diggs, something along those lines. So for that, sure. was the big, that was the big pivot for me right there at the 8-6 where I'm like, hey, maybe get a little bit of youth. An, an exciting asset instead of taking like Cortland Sutton or Juju or Miles Sanders, something that's not going to be appealing to like a rebuilder. Let me take something right. that may be appealing down the road. And it's in the eighth round. Like I'm still feeling good about it as wide receiver three. What'd you think about that one, Adam? Like, do you agree when you're building a contender? Like it doesn't always have to be nothing but uh, old crusties, right? Sometimes I think you need just a little bit of like the youth pieces to entice other people to like trade up in season or, or trade for them in season because you know, their team sucks and they just realize it. And now they want to pivot. Dude, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think too, um, like when you really start to think about this, this, this startup, right. It, it, it was, was this over a week ago now? I don't know. Time's running together. Yeah. Me, so about a, about, about a week ago. Yeah. About okay. A week ago. About a week ago. So, like, the other thing to remember is it's July still. Yep. Right? Hype season still isn't done for the rookies. And even a guy like Chris Olave, Mike, who projects to come in and play quite a bit early, could very easily have buzzing camp and stuff. And, like, this team that you made, are your picks gone? Yes. Are you done trading? Period? No. Ever. <laughs> like, this is fucking dynasty. Like, we're... Yes. We're not done trading. So, like, I'll say this. Is it great to have a lot of rookies on your contending team for the contending points per game side? No. But is that the correct play based on value, based on, like you said, flexibility to appeal to not just other contenders? Like, that's that's an aspect that I think maybe we need to talk about more, which I do as well, is – 
if you can if you just draft only contending pieces that are more felt like crusty like you're going to eliminate the other teams completely from you as trade partners if you're 24 and 23 first are gone unless you're going to convince them to buy your 25 first and wait till fucking all these you know yeah 18 year olds are going to be in the nfl so um there's an aspect of like just moving pieces that's built into what that pick was and i think the same thing even like not that you have to do it but james cook is the same type of principle where yes he is a sexier piece for even a youthful someone that's in like a one or two year rebuild or a complete dumpster james cook appeals to them whereas like you said in this round if you took miles sanders there like you ain't selling them to anybody but the pieces that want to go content so that's a big it's a big point you made I did kind of the similar thing at the eight twelve, but I'm doing it from the quarterback position and leveraging. All right, I don't need a fucking fourth quarterback, Adam. Mike. All right, but I so, take Davis Mills, right? The last one, yeah. the last one. Just I don't need him. I don't need him. But I'm looking for potential trade partners. Whether that means moving Davis Mills himself or Ryan Tannehill, who I took two rounds earlier. You know what I mean? Like Mike, somebody's let like, me "Hey, say- I need a, I need another quarterback. Perfect. I I can move him, and I don't need one back." That's the biggest thing. I don't think people realize how much leverage you get in a trade when you don't need to take a quarterback back. Like in most cases, you have to take a, you know, like like Ray says, like he, he he'll take he'll take a quarterback back in every trade that he does. He'll take a, a Mariota, a Jimmy G, a fucking Sam Darnold, a Teddy Bridgewater, whatever. Take a quarterback back. If you got four of them in a best ball and two of them are the two best quarterbacks in the entire league, I don't need to take a fucking quarterback if I trade Tannehill or Davis Mills away. I can go get a running back straight up. I can go get a wide receiver or a tight end or whatever the fuck I feel like. I don't have to take a quarterback back. So this was another like leverage play here with Davis Mills at the 8-12. Yes. Uh, re- this was a really good pick here. And uh what you hit on was really good um how if you have the plethora of assets and you actually especially at the scarce positions quarterback in particular and super flex if you can actually send a quarterback away and not get one back that inherently gives you a value gain that's not really baked into any trade cow keep keep trade cut any of that bullshit it's it's inherently going to give your side more value and you're going to be able to get more back because listen man there's not a contender out there unless it's a mcnutted quarterback horde team that can't use more fucking quarterbacks in superflex, right so if you can sure. get an additional one it's always beneficial and the value goes to that side so with that being said too mike uh, the one point i wanted to get to is this one i've never seen a quarterback thirst start of this nature but i've seen them really fly off the board like you've been in them before so have I. One thing I've noticed. Now, it depends how it goes. The way I like to do it, Mike, is I like to continue to tap the position and force panic even further, right? Mm-hmm. It incites panic when the quarterbacks continue to go and someone eventually sees, wait, this guy has four and, and all my options left are Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz. Like, it incites panic, right? Now, this is what I've noticed, though, because... I was not in a quarterback horde here. And you, you because you took 101 and 102, you're not really looking to QB horde. Um, you ended up taking these guys later. But what I've noticed, Mike, is most people don't lean into the quarterback horde at all. Mm-hmm. And 
here's what happens in this type of a scenario, even if it's not this egregious of a start. 18 quarterbacks off the board in the mid-third, right? Remember, I, I made that point earlier, and it was a big one for this reason. Yep. What tends to happen is now all these teams that have taken their quarterbacks early, two, I mean, shit, man, Liebert took three quarterbacks in his first three picks, one of which was Mac Jones. These teams now, more often than not, go tunnel vision of skill players. They, they, they forego quarterback for rounds because they think they're set at quarterback. So what ends up happening, Mike, is what you see on this board here in Dynasty Degenerates, if you click the link in Mike's Twitter, my Twitter, the 40 uh, Chess Twitter, you'll see, man, And starting in round five, Mike, you have Matt Ryan, only quarterback in round five. Round six, Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill. One of, we both took those guys, right? The only quarterbacks in round six we took. Round seven, Baker Mayfield is the only quarterback, and that's really early for him, right? So, like, what happens is everybody dismisses the position. So what you did here, kind of out of what they forced you to do, but also really smartly, is two of the last quarterbacks that you would be comfortable as quarterback three, even quarterback two, like someone that you can rely on at any capacity, Davis Mills and Ryan Tannehill, now they're gone. Guess what happens? It's so funny because this is exactly what the fuck I'm talking about, Mike. Look at the draft board. What happens in round nine all of a sudden? (laughs) It fucking runs again. Dude, I'm telling you, (laughs) this type of stuff, Dynasty Degenerates, I I hope you listened to that little rant I gave and, and and you stuck with it because it's so, so big in drafts. I promise you those are things to really watch for because... The, the fucking lull happened, and then they're like, oh, shit, Mike took – now Mike has four quarterbacks, and the ninth run round run of Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota, and then everything – and now it's done, right? So, like, um, I thought what you did taking those quarterbacks was really smart. It's about a push and a pull, right? Sometimes you just got to give the draft a little bit of a nudge. <laughs> yeah. All right, but yep. – Hey, hey, fuckos, I know you forgot about quarterbacks for a while. Wake up. All right, so then I come back in the ninth round. Amari Cooper, 10th round, Brandon Cooks, 11th round, Zach Ertz, 12th round, Michael Thomas, 13th round, Hunter Henry. I thought this was the best part of the draft for me, where it was just like everybody that I would have wanted in these rounds just fell into my lap. I faded the piss out of tight end, so to land Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, and then in the 14th round, I came back with Tyler Higby, right? Like, let me just get three dudes in best ball. All three guys, whatever. Just some whatever dudes. But getting that wide receiver death, uh, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Thomas. Now, I already have Alave, you know, but I said why I took Alave. So, Michael Thomas in the 12th round, I didn't even think twice about it. Like, fuck it. If he, if he comes back to, like, 70% of Michael Thomas, I'll take him in the 12th round. <laughs> Just get 70% Michael Thomas. For um, sure. I- 14th round, uh, you know, like I said, Tyler Higby. I took Jalen Tolbert and came back with Brian Robinson in the 15th, 15th one. Again, like, I'm not a B-Rob dude. Maybe I would have taken somebody else. Um, there's just not a lot of choices in the 15th round. Again, I'm just trying to take somebody who I think may have a pop or a value spike. Uh, Daryl Henderson, you know, I'm a Cam Akers guy, but shit, why not? Why not have some more exposure to like Cam Akers backup in a Rams offense? Uh, again, Van Jefferson totally. in the 16th, Brevin Jordan in the 17th. So uh, I'm not going to go through the rest of it. It's just depth filler guys, dudes. As much you know, as we standard. talked, 
as much as we talked about fading uh, Brevin Jordan, like in the 17th round, all right, you know, like I'm going to throw that to the wind. Um, Mike, I mean, I'll, I'll run through your team here real quick so that everyone um, listening can, can have an idea. Yeah, go uh, just go position by position and how much depth because in best ball, that's what I want to drive home to people, like how much depth you have at each position. Like my final build, kind of where I like to be, where I feel good in best ball. So how many quarterbacks sure. do I have? Yep, 100%. So let's go through it position by position and um, understanding you move your futures in, but like you said, you're not done trading at all. Yep. Um, Josh Allen, quarterback one, obviously. We know quarterback two. Um, which is insane, Justin Herbert. Then you got Ryan Tannehill and Davis Mills, the quarterbacks of consequence. You do have Sam Darnold very late. Um, I don't know how much you can rely on him, but no. hell, man, in the 22nd <laughs> round, I mean, no. if Baker gets hurt or whatever, like, why not? It's a body, you know, why it's a not? warm body. Um, He's got a pulse. So I, I, I'll say you got four quarterbacks and a. Five ten percent chance of a Just quarterback. Say four five. quarterbacks. There you go. I got four quarterbacks and a punter. There you go. You got four quarterbacks. Um, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, James Cook is his running back three. Brian Robinson running back four. Darrell Henderson running back five. No, don't forget um, Zeke. Don't forget Zeke for me. I apologize. Where did I miss Zeke? I sure did. Let me let me let me re, let me redo that. I apologize. I miss. How do I miss Zeke Elliott? Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Zeke running back three, James Cook running back four, Brian Robinson running back five, Darrell Henderson running back six. Um, there's some other ones later like Sony Michelle, um, Just Kevin James. Harris, dart yeah. throws right. But yep. the ones of consequences I already I already named. Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave, top three receivers. Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas at wide receiver six. Very nice. Um, as much as his injuries are concerned, he's still only 28. So um, well worth the risk in the 12th. Uh, wide receiver seven then would be Jalen Tolbert and Van Jefferson wide receiver eight. Um, so it's pretty solid as far as the depth department goes at receiver, uh, if I'm being honest. Tight end here, like you alluded to, um, this is something that's very big for me in best ball as well. If I'm not going to get a Pitts or one of these top five guys, I'll just wait, and I want to get three to four to five of these top 24-ish tight ends. Um, so that's what you did. Zach Ertz, tight end one. Hunter Henry, tight end two. Tyler Higby, tight end three. Brevin Jordan, tight end four. So... Um, not the sexiest. I mean, Mo Ali Cox, tight end five. So it's not the sexiest tight ends. But, you know, if you are pivoting back and forth between those four guys and only needing one of them to pop each week and pretty much, like, this is not going to be a, a position for you where you're getting uh, advantage over the rest of the league. But it's a start 14. You're just trying to keep the hemorrhage loss as to a minimum as possible so that you can let the rest of your team essentially swallow them up. So um, I, I really like this team, man. Um, that's that's the the bulk pieces of it there. Um, I, I also think, a, a listen, I, I think this guy could be dead, but hell, man, you get two weeks out of Sammy Watkins before he's fucking completely toast and injured again yeah. in Green Bay while they have no one um, in the 20th round. What the hell? Best ball? Like, I think I think you made a nice team here. Um, 
I think what makes this team very interesting and what's going to be a thing to watch out for in this league, uh, shit worldwide, wide, wide, the first word in Dynasty. The interesting part, Mike, is that because you have the two quarterbacks locked up and those are really not going to go anywhere unless someone's coming to you with an over-the-moon payment, like I see it as such a flexible thing for you, even with this age, to move pieces around when necessary. I, I'm very curious to see how this shakes out because this is something you and I don't typically do in best ball is go get the two elite guys. Um, no. I'm very interested to report back and see how this one goes for you, but I think you built a, a nice little monster here. I like it too, and the the quarterback scoring is actually pretty high. Um, like the elite guys are scoring like 35 plus points per game in the scoring setting. So I mean, I mean, you're looking at it. Even though it's start 14, you're getting 70 points a week out of two dudes, <laughs> just about every single week, which is kind of wild. So. Makes for up sure. for a lot of errors in, in other places. But, yeah, still some moves to be made, you know, with the Alave and the extra quarterback. And, you know, I need a few pieces here and there, but I do got a 25 first and second. If anybody out there is listening in this league, they would like some 25 picks, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, all right, so we touched on you. Pick it up where you left. Brees Hall, Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, right? So you've picked your direction now so far. You're going productive struggle, rebuild, youth movement. 5'11", Deontay Johnson. It seems so sacrilegious that you're getting Deontay Johnson in the fifth round, but that's the way it goes when all these quarterbacks go and everybody fades wide receiver. I love getting Deontay in the fifth. And yeah. your guy, I don't, I don't know if I've seen you walk away from a startup yet that we've done without Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Kenny Pickett and you in the sixth round are like fucking magnets. Just come together. Yeah, man. It's... it's uh... It's a bet based on value, like cost. Like it's it's just a bet I'm willing to make. And, and and especially like we have every startup I've done that we've done this summer is best ball only. Like yeah. in best ball especially, um man, I I'm not I'm not missing out on the chance cuz if he doesn't hit maybe he goes to the ninth or something next next year, but like I'm I'm willing to make this bet. Uh, I just I just am. It's one of the bets I'm willing to make. So I love it. Um, and, and, and especially Micah, to to go into my thought process here. So I made those trades with you where we had opposite things going. Right, mm-hmm. you sat and watched while everybody was drafting because you m- made the moves up for the two quarterbacks. I had a bunch of picks in rounds two and three, and then I had you know. Um, ETN I took in the fourth. But then it's like, all right, those like multi-picks in the rounds, same rounds aren't happening anymore. And I'm sitting there at the 5'11". Like, I'm almost at the turn at the 102, right? I'm basically at the back end of the turn. So it's 5'11", 602. And then, Mike, if you remember from our trade, you took my 7'11". So knowing that I didn't have a single quarterback and knowing like what I wanted to do in my build – like, people might say, you know, Dynasty Generous, if you're thinking, like, 602 is too early for Kenny Pickett, one, look at this board and look how crazy it is. And two, I'm not going to be back on the clock, Mike, until the 802. Not, I'm, I'm, I would rather take Kenny Pickett there and miss out on, man, as much as it fucking pains me, Mike, Rashad Bateman. Like, that was the other person I'm thinking, right? Well, it also pains know, me. Know your league, right? Know who you're drafting with. 
Yep. If you even if you don't know the rest of these guys, the rest of these patrons, who's picking who's picking at the six twelve? Who's picking at the seven oh one? I know a certain person. Do you think there's any person. fucking possibility that I'm letting Kenny Pickett in a quarterback heavy draft go past six twelve or seven oh one? Fuck no. Not a chance. Fuck no. One, it's not happening. And I'll take him out of sheer spite just to trade him and, to you. And two, I know that I'm drafting with ten other um, yes. like-minded fuckos yes. to you. So yes. guess what I'm doing? I'm taking Kenny Pickett. And y'all can have Bateman. I have uh, 10 shares of Bateman. If he hits, I'm still fine. And I'll get my Brandon Ayuk, Mike, at 802. I'd go. much rather have that than Rashad Bateman at 602. And at 802, Mike, guess what I'm looking at? Like, Tell everybody at home what I'm staring at the face at 802 if fucking I take Bateman at, at the 602. Your, your only choice as a quarterback are Davis Mills, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff. At yes. quarterback one. Yeah. So, and and I, think, I think my thing too here, Mike, is this. The idea is like Kenny Pickett looks on the surface as the quarterback one when you look at my team. To me, he's just a – a nice piece that I'm throwing at my quarterback room and knowing that's something I'm going to have to address in the next year or two as I go through this productive struggle um, with probably a few early picks. So um, Kenny Pickett just kind of gives me some stability at quarterback for the future. Obviously not necessarily right now. Well, um, if you think about it, Adam, if you want, if you walked out of this with absolutely no quarterbacks, right? Absolutely mm-hmm. none. The the uphill climb you have to being relevant in 2023 is almost impossible. Correct. Because you're going to have to find two, three, four quarterbacks in that time frame. At minimum. At, at minimum. minimum two. And even that without having a quarterback is no fucking easy task. That's sure. So to me, like it was pretty imperative that I at least get one. And, and what's nice about Pickett, too, is he doesn't really – he's not likely, Mike, to get in the way – of my tank tankathon, yeah. yeah, my tankathon's not ruined because I took Kenny Pickett here, so, and I, I'm still able to get a lot of youthful guys later. So ultimately, that's my mindset on why I took Pickett there. Um, I'm off the clock all the way until 8:02. I take Brandon Ayuk. Go ahead though, from there, Mike. Yeah, so you get you get your boy Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I had no problems with that. I like that one in the eighth round. Uh, the way wide receivers, I mean, it was a heavy wide receiver run there once, you know, all the quarterback bullshit died down. <laughs> Just yep. the way it worked. Uh, the nine eleven, you took Tony Pollard. Do you want to explain that one real quick? Your Tony Pollard. Sure. Uh, and also explain the ten twelve because you took Allen Robinson there. I think we were on a show at yeah, doing a we show were. live. Yeah. It was uh, AMA. When you took Allen Robinson. So you just want to recap that, why you took sure. those two guys. Because they – they kind of seem like two dudes that are kind of antithetical to a productive struggle build, but go ahead. 100%, yeah. So I, I think this is kind of the the parallel to what you were saying with the Chris Olave pick at 806, right? It's the parallel to that concept on the productive struggle rebuild side where, Mike, I mean, if you look at the board here, um, so I take Brandon Ayuk, right? The people that come off the board after this, Darnell Mooney, Someone I'd love to have on the rebuild side. Um, Chris Olave, your pick, right? After that, even Davis Mills. Like, I would take a Davis Mills on a rebuild. I'd probably try to flip him, but that'd be somebody. And then it, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. Um, like, it, 
a lot of the guys that I'm liking in that ninth range were going. So if you look at the picks after me, I could have taken a Pat Fryermuth. I'll be honest though, Mike, like the more I dig into best ball, the more we dig into best ball, mm-hmm. I don't, Dude, I, I don't know that I want to do that, especially when I know that Noah Fant's going two rounds later. Like, Pat Frymuth, I like the prospect. I do. I really do. But, like, I don't know that I want to sink in a ninth to Pat Frymuth. Um, to, to me, the, the the plays were basically Pat Frymuth, Cole Komet um, on the youthful side. And then if you look, man, it's all the way going all the way to, like, George Pickens at the back end of the 10th, right? So to me, I was kind of put in the spot of, like, do I fully lean into this? And like a guy like George Pickens is a good example, Mike, because if he is playing in Pittsburgh, like I think there's a probability at some point he breaks out and has a lot of games where he's giving you points. But if it's a slow start for George Pickens, once again, even as a rebuilder, I want to trade, right? I want to get value jumps. So George Pickens may take a month or more before like he has a pop week and people are like, oh fuck Adam, what do, what do I need to pay you for George Pickens? Yeah, Tony Pollard, he is not someone I want to sit on for years in this build. Like, let's be clear about that. Yeah, but Tony Pollard and Allen Robinson, I think based on the board, made the most sense. And Mike, to me, Allen Robinson at the ten o two was where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to double tap this, lean into this thing I'm doing right now, which is Mike. I, I think Allen Robinson is someone that should probably be more like an eighth round pick. And I don't know. Part of the problem will be, obviously, as we talked about before, who's first of the punch, who has the picks, who has the youthful pieces, and who's going to come by him. But I'm very, very much inclined to believe that he's going to have a very big bounce back here. And I think it could happen very early. So I think I can move off of those two guys in the first month of the season or so. So... Um, yeah. Okay. That, that was yep. my mindset in taking those picks. No, it's just the uh, the exact opposite of what I was saying, you know. But on the productive struggle side, like you don't have to take all youth all the time. You don't have to. You need to have some pieces hanging around. I think that are appealing to a contender, appealing for somebody to come get. Um, like uh, we won't, we would not make this deal because I have Zeke, right? But if you think about Tony Pollard, or um, I guess Allen Robinson would be a better one. Uh, right. It'd be something like, you know, I would trade you Jalen Tolbert, maybe uh, another young guy, maybe two young guys to go get like an Allen Robinson. Um, yeah. Or I would trade you something like, you know, Jalen Tolbert in a second round pick, you know, to go get Allen Robinson, which is right. conducive to you getting more assets, spreading them out, right? Getting more draft capital, getting another young guy in a pivot. But that's the kind of deals that you're looking at, like, down the road to make with a contender and having some piece in there to be like, oh, yeah, I got something. Because I know sure. a lot of times when you look at, like, the rebuilder teams and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's rebuilding. And then you look at it, it's nothing but youth pieces, and a lot of those youth pieces carry a high price tag. And you're like, I can't sure. get a fucking deal done with this guy. I want some, like, turds. I want some crusty shitter somewhere that I can pluck off this guy's team. He just doesn't have anything. So And, and Mike – I think there's two other pieces. Well, one, like what you hit on, right? Like I can take the multiplication assets, you know, seconds in a in a dart receiver. But but I think Mike, especially um, with like a guy like Allen Robinson. Now maybe I don't get a twenty three first, but 
Like I think that you may see a contender willing to pay a 24 first for Allen Robinson in this league still, right? Yeah. I think that you might see some of these guys who are looking at probably contending trade guys that went ahead of Allen Robinson plus even like a like I Tony went almost a full round ahead of him um, or, or Sky Moore like maybe those guys don't fire early and they're like you know what man Allen Robinson just had two really big weeks what if I give you my second and this guy or something like that right now those are you know more on the higher end of what you would receive but my point is it gives me flexibility of maybe getting something even higher than that and like you said I think I always will be able to get a a second and a Tolbert type or whatever and still get value based on this 10th round pick for sure all right, so you went Pollard Robinson, then you came back with Christian Watson at the 11-11. God damn. Can't believe Watson lasted that long. That's kind of sacrilegious, don't you think? <laughs> what, what are we doing here, I am, I'm not a um, Watson guy based on his ADP, I'll be honest. I don't have a ton of Watson, but, Mike, this is absolutely fucking crazy to think he's in a, a almost 12th-round starter pick. Like, Russell Gage went in front of him, man. This also goes to my point where it's like, Mike, what's happening here? Like, this is a this is almost to the Allen Robinson Tony Pollard pick. Before everybody gets everybody that's picked a direction is going to pick guys for their lineup now, right? Russell Gage is in front of uh, Christian Watson, um, man. Chase Edmonds, Isaiah Spiller, Damian Harris, like, wow. Uh, I I was happy to take that at eleven, and then at twelve oh two, I took uh, Albert O. Another good example, Mike, of why I was not willing to take that ninth-round plunge on Pat Fryermuth. In best ball, I'll take the Albert Oda three-round discount for sure. I love it. You come back in the 13th and 14th, get a couple Falcons, Calvin Ridley and Desmond Ritter. Now, yep. I'm not high on like Desmond Ritter, but I think we need to acknowledge there's a, a greater than a less than 0% chance, right? <laughs> like he, He's uh, nothing. Maybe he starts. Maybe he does have a uh, Russell Wilson type, uh, you know, beat out Marcus Mariota type thing. Could happen. Uh, I don't think so, but we need to acknowledge that round 14, man, on a productive struggle, that's not a bad risk to take. <laughs> maybe he's nothing. No. But what'd you miss out on? Um, any young guys? Mechie, maybe. Um, Zamir White or TDP or Tolbert. That's what you passed up. Right. All Out of all those guys... If they hit, who's got the most value return? It's going to be Desmond Ritter. By, by, by a lot. Yes. By a lot, yeah. Okay. I think, too, um, it's, when you drive with people that are listening to you and know what you want to do, like, I did not love taking Ridley at the 13th and the 13 there, right? But we, I did that same ex- exercise you just did right here where it's like, who's after, man? Am I really going to take Kenny Gainwell? Irv Smith, John Mechie, uh, Alec Pierce, truthfully, was someone I'm considering, and I just knew I could get him later, maybe. So, like, I I took fucking Ridley there. It didn't feel like something I'd like to do. There was a few picks, Mike, here, if I'm being honest. I did not love doing, but uh, that was one with Ridley. Uh, Mike, I think here at 14.02, the other thing with Ritter is this. Um, like, if, if, he bur- if he flames out and is someone that just is dead to me, it's a 14th round pick, like in a productive struggle, it's not going to kill me. Th- this is my thing, especially with him. 
um, and what I'm doing in this build. I think a lot of people are saying, yeah, you're, you're, you're a young team. Um, they look at that pick and they're going to say, well, you know, he's going to take time and he'll eventually take over. Like, that's not what I'm fucking even playing for, man. Honestly. I'll tell you what I'm doing. Atlanta's going to be really bad. If they're not really bad, Mike, I'll be fucking shocked. That team is not going mm-hmm. to be good this year. Marcus Mariota probably starts for a while. Like this is this is even like I think in a being conservative for the outlooks of Desmond Ritter. At some point, man, when they are no chance of the playoffs, they're going to go to Desmond Ritter. I don't even know if he's a good quarterback at all, but I do know if he gets the starting job, value bump. I do know that he can run. There are going to be games when he's not even that good of a quarterback where he puts points in the lineup on the fantasy side, value bump. I will move him hopefully on something that is on that timeline. Yeah, you kind of had a range of those guys, right? You went Jarvis Landry next, KJ Osborne, and then Rob Gronkowski. Kind of yep. the same thinking where it's just like, I'm looking for anything good out of any of you guys where, where I might get a second out of you. <laughs> if yeah. I can get a yep. second, this is a fucking win for me. <laughs> like, yeah, the Gronk, the Gronk pick was, um, if I'm being completely honest, that one I ended up autoing, and that was the top of the key, the queue. I'm still okay because... Like, I'm basically just – that is either a dead pick in the water. I lose all the value, or I'm going to move him for more than a 17th-round pick, so I'm still oh, okay with no. it. Oh, no. How dare you lose all the value on the 17-11? Yeah. <laughs> how will you ever recover, my friend? How will I ever fix this team? Um, so that one was – but everyone else, like, uh, you know, KJ Osborne, Landry, I'm going to try to move at the right time in season. And then I started going more youthful again. Uh, Pierre Strong, Sam Howe. But fuck, man, when you get down here, um, you're just taking lawn darts. Maybe you hit some, maybe you don't. Like it's it's okay. Well, I like it, man. You you went back to your uh, your roots. You love the productive struggle, and this one kind of just made you uh, when we were talking about it. You know, you had some choices. I'm sure hindsight's twenty twenty. You touched on them. You're like, you know, Brees Hall or Justin Fields. <laughs> if I wanted to do something different other than a productive struggle, I probably should have taken Justin Fields there. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it, your mind was made up for you. <laughs> Once yeah. you took them, it was like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the second, when I made the trade with you, Mike, it was not, like, I didn't pick a, I didn't get a startup from you. Like, if I wanted mm-hmm. to just purely go productive struggle, I could have asked you for futures. You would have done Oh, that. yeah, rookie picks, yep. Right. So, like, when I'm making that move, I'm not thinking I'm going to, like, force myself to go productive struggle. Yeah, It was literally at the 307 when I had the choices of, no quarterbacks at all, and I don't have one. Where I'm like, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna go get stupid and fucking reach on one of these guys that isn't gonna help me compete this year anyway. So I'm just gonna have to take the productive struggle route. That's like that might be one of the earliest that I've ever made the productive struggle pivot without like looking to acquire futures ahead of time. Like that might have been the earliest I've ever made that that pivot. I would say this is, uh, for me, is one of the most complete rosters that I think I've drafted right out of a startup that hasn't been like a best ball auction, you know, where you can just capitalize on value after value after value after value, right? Usually it's harder for me to build like contenders and startups unless things go right. I think with this uh, 2QB approach, right, as long as you're not overpaying um, and paying out your ass for it, you can make an absolute fucking monster in best ball. And I really like this squad. Now there's still a few moves we touched on that I need to do. So uh, I'll try to keep you uh, apprised on Twitter of those moves if I make them. Um, but 
this is something I think we'll check back in. Uh, I want to put it in the bucket of different best ball strategies that me personally, I'm going to try out and see how they do. Uh, the next yeah. one is uh, zero RB, zero quarterback, all wide receivers. I don't know how the fuck this one's going, but let's just say the wide receiver core looks fucking phenomenal. The rest of the team, not so much. But Dynasty this one Tanner's, especially, I, I'm somebody, about. somebody took Mike's phone in this last uh, this last startup, but. Uh, Mike, I think that's a good summarization of what happened here that would be things to really take away. When you get two of the elite ones, like you do have a lot of work to do in your lineup, but positional scarcity, you can get those guys later and even go acquire those startup picks. I think for me too, it's the same on the opposite side, Mike. When I realize what happened, like before I took AJ Brown, that probably was the longest I was I was on the clock in over a year, knowing I was on the clock and hadn't made the pick. I'm thinking like, all right, man, like my hands kind of forced here. And as I start thinking about it, I th- I thought about what I mentioned probably 20 or 30 minutes ago in the episode of seeing that many quarterbacks go early. Like I know what's going to happen. Because you already have 101 and 102. You're not going quarterback court. It makes no sense for you, right? So, like, I know there's going to be these rounds, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, where you can just soak up value at other positions. So, I made a calculated risk of like, I'm going to take AJ Brown in the third. It's not what I like to do. And I'm just going to soak up all the youth value as possible and then secure one of the young guys and Kenny Pickett, right? Like, I, I knew eventually I could get Kenny Pickett value. So um, I think that's the other thing too is kind of seeing how the board falls, picking your direction, and understanding like the league settings here, best ball, where like, all right, man, if you don't have more, if you don't have three competent quarterbacks, you're not competing in, in Superflex. So like picking the other direction there made more sense for me. And like you said, for you, having the two quarterbacks allowed you to also have the startup fucking terrorization of quarterback run and then you got to play off of the values of all those skill players being there on the contending side too so i think like it really worked out for both of us on both sides of the build in this startup it would have been interesting if it was you know i take the two quarterbacks early everybody doesn't panic uh you know we get kind of a normal first and second round where you know you get some quarterbacks but you're still looking at like the Tua's of the world or the Mac Joneses and like the fourths and the fifths. Like, and a lot of these skill guys are gone. How I feel then when my picks come back up, you know, Whoa. it's not this crazy quarterback run and there's all these quarterbacks staring me in the face and I already have two. Like I'm kind of playing from behind the eight ball then at that point. So interesting Mike, to see uh, how that played out. You, you hit it on the head. You mentioned this before. It's a push and pull, right? And if that scenario had happened, you and I would have started soaking up quarterback values and doing the mini quarterback horde, which then forces the run to happen in five, six, seven. So eventually at some point it happens. The question is, when does it happen and how do you kind of react to it? Um, so, man, I, I, I like what you did on the contending side. I'm really comfortable with where I'm at on the rebuilding side. Um, I, I would like to make a few more moves to get a few more futures, but, uh, I think this could be one where we picked opposite directions and have both have really good chances for you, obviously, with the trophy this year um, and me maybe later. Well, come get them 25 picks, man. They're on the block. 
that's all I got to say. Come get them. No, I think that's going to do it for us. If you want to check out some more of this stuff, we just made a best ball channel for Savage tier. Patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. Uh, a lot of that stuff, I'm going to keep grinding away because this is becoming so fascinating to me, the dynasty best ball aspect being so new. I'm trying out new strategies and real drafts, real money. Like, this isn't bullshit. I'm not doing mock drafts. I'm not doing free leagues. I don't play that bullshit. Like, I'll put my money on the line and go into it and try out strategies because I want to know what works, what doesn't work, and what's most optimal. Uh, some of the tools that were coming down the pipe uh, that we're making, we already got the, the best ball, spike weeks, consistency weeks. Going to work on a graph for that thing, too. Like, I really want a graph. I want a visualization. I want to know how to make a goddamn graph. <laughs> so I'm going to get that done. But hope you enjoyed the episode. Like I said, the draft board will be in the, the link when I tweet this out on Friday. Um, and we're going to keep coming to you. More more content. You know, it's episode 29, but in reality, it's still the beginning, man. We've been doing this for less than a year, which is incredible that we made it that far. But we thank you for your support. And Adam, take us out of here, buddy. Yeah, man. If if you want to know more, um, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. Um, we've got an unbelievable Discord community over there. If you're listening to some of our podcasts here on, on 4D and you're starting to realize that we're really leaning into the best ball side and you're maybe only in one or none and you're trying to get into some of those best ball leagues and you're looking for advantages and how you can play up um, yourself in these best ball startups as this is startup season until the nfl season comes around so um give give us a holler over there if you want to come check us out patreon.com forward slash south Harmon. um i'm telling you we're tinkering daily we are tinkering all the time with strategies and the numbers and how we can optimize our lineups as well as all of the shitheads lineups um for best ball but if not we're going to keep coming here every single week giving you the best we got and just remember when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. 29 times they still won. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Peace.